Hi, I'm Biz. I'm a working parent with a kid and a teen. It's been 10 years since the show began, and a lot has changed on the show and in the world. But by elevating the voices of others, we have learned we are not alone, and we are doing a good job. This is still a show about life after giving life. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, 10 years of punk rock mama content with Meg Lemke of Mother Magazine. Biz is with her family this week, so hey, remember me? It's Teresa. I'll be your host today for week two of the Max Fun Drive. message for biz instead you got me i'm sorry um but i am receiving your check-in with a lot of love and appreciation and i love hearing it i think that that is so genius i wish i had thought to do stuff like that before kids especially since sometimes when both families have kids especially with real little ones it sometimes just works way less well than if it's just one family bringing the kid. We recently had some friends over at our house who have a baby, and my six-year-old definitely wanted to murder that baby the entire time our friends were here. So while we had like envisioned this relaxing, like, oh, the older kids will get to see the baby, and we'll all be hanging out, and it'll be so nice, that's really not how it went down. So I just want to say great job and thank you for checking in. I I guess I'm going to do a little check-in myself. Um, this is the first time that I have done a solo check-in on the show, and it feels really different. So I'm having a lot of uh, just like empathy and sympathy for Biz, who has been carrying this show for I don't even know how long, more than a year. 
since uh, I had to step away. And, you know, that is a really different kind of experience. And she's amazing. And let's give it up for Biz for keeping this show going. Gabe and I are both silently clapping. But I know you guys are all cheering for her. I know you're all aware that Biz is going through a lot right now with her family, and she just really needs to be with her mama right now. And we all are sending her so much love, and just we get it. So I was really touched to be asked to come on this week and do a guest spot for week two of the Max Fun Drive. As far as what's going on in my life, uh, let's see. You all know I'm homeschooling my three kids. Gracie is now 11, Oscar is 9, Frankie is 6. And so, you know, we're still in the first year of homeschooling, and there's a lot of just figuring out the dynamics of that. Everybody's homeschooling needs and experience looks a little different just depending on who they are. So there's a lot of trial and error, a lot of figuring things out, and just a lot of figuring out how to coexist together (laughs) all the time. Right now, Oscar, our nine-year-old, is off checking out sort of like a homeschool learning center type place where kids can go during the day and work on stuff together and just kind of be in more of a group environment outside the home. That was something he really wanted to do. He was missing more socializing with kids outside of his siblings, <laughs> but he was like adamant that he didn't want to go back to school. <laughs> so he's he's trying out this this place and um, hopefully that will be something. I you know, I'm like done with the hopefullys, I guess, just because I don't like I I don't know. Maybe it will be really cool. Maybe it won't be a fit and we'll keep looking for something for him. And then I have Gracie and Frankie hanging out today and our little dog Sissy, who's still scruffing around and as scruffy as ever. And just feeling ready for springtime and super pumped about the Max Fun Drive. So many of you already know that One Bad Mother is a listener-supported production. That means that although we get a little bit of support from ad revenue here and there, the primary way that we continue to make this show every week is through listener donations. You can donate anytime to support this show by going to maximumfund.org slash join. But during the Max Fund Drive is the best time to join or upgrade your donations because there are really fun gifts. So if you are going to subscribe at $5 a month, you get an amazing lineup of bonus content If you are somebody who listens to podcasts throughout the day or always on your commute or just likes to have something on while you're falling asleep and you're worried about kind of like running out of content from the shows that you love, 
you might want to consider this just for that. It really, it's, I don't even, what is it, Gabe? It's like hundreds of hours of bonus content. And a lot of the bonus content is a little bit fun and different, which I really enjoy because sometimes you get to see like crossover episodes or hosts doing something that they wouldn't normally do or like something way from way in the past. So there's a lot of good little goodies in there. It's also just a great way to show support for the show at $5 a month, which is a level that many people can handle. It just is a way of saying, hey, we're here. We want you to keep making the show. So if you're on the fence about donating, $5 a month is just a way to give Biz and Gabe and everyone at MaxFun a vote of confidence that you're listening, you're here, you don't want this show to go anywhere. $10 a month, there are these amazing restickable stickers this year, which I personally really love. I've gotten so, I mean, we've talked about stickers on this show so many times in the past, the way they show up in places that you don't want them to be and then take forever to get off. I love the idea of a reusable sticker. You can move it around. You can put it wherever you want. And plus, these stickers are really, really cool looking. The One Bad Mother sticker is a low low bar uh, reference, which is just, I, I just need a reminder of the low bar every day. So I'm looking forward to getting one of those. $20 a month. You can get the culinary kit, including Max Fun's own Maximum Flavor Spice Blend and the Max Fun Family Cookbook. Super exciting. That's something that's like a refresh of a gift that was very, very popular in a past year. Also, I noticed I happened to boost my level to $20 a month this year to support One Bad Mother, and I noticed that you can, if you're not super into cooking, you guys... You guys know me better than most people know me. I just don't I I'm not a I'm not a cooking person. I don't I don't really cook. So I opted for the the rocket ship hat, which is super cute. So you can also get that at $20 a month. $35 a month is the maximum yum apron. My husband Jesse has that apron. It is adorable very cute, very cool. And that's something that you want to go check out on the website. So if you want to look at the gifts and think about what might be a good level for you, go to MaximumFun.org join. Just do it right now because if you're anything like me, you're going to get caught up doing something else later and it's not going to happen. So go now. If you don't, if you don't have the ability to upgrade all the way to a higher level, but say you're donating $10 a month and you want to show your support for biz and everything that One Bad Mother brings you each week, you can also boost your level by like $2 a month or $5 a month just to show support. And that really means a lot, you guys. I will say, and I'll say it again, (laughs) this show has been such a huge part of my life as a parent and is such a big part of who I am as a parent from the hotline and just knowing that there's somewhere that people can call and vent and have people listen and commiserate and tell them that they're doing a good job to just having this place every week where I know I can hear Biz's voice just keeping it real and kind of keeping me grounded in reality. It's 
absolutely vital amidst all of the drama that is swirling around out there online and out in the world to just have this one really safe place for parents to share and support each other. So to me, it was really important to me to keep this show going. And I know you guys feel that way too. So please, if you're able, take a moment, go to MaximumFun.org slash join and support One Bad Mother in this year's Max Fun Drive. And now here is Biz's conversation today with Meg Lemke of Mother Magazine. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Biz and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Everybody, I <laughs> I am really excited, and this is a long overdue conversation. I am so excited that this week I am talking to Meg Lemke, the editor-in-chief of Mother Magazine, which turned 10 years old. Meg is also the Comics and Graphic Novels Reviews Editor at Publishers Weekly. Her writing has appeared in the Paris Review, the Seattle Review, the Atlanta Review, the Good Mother Myth, and Cellini, among other publications. She lives with her family in the dense mother zone of Park Slope, Brooklyn. Welcome, Meg. Oh my gosh, welcome, Meg. Hi, Biz. Hi. Uh, it's nice to see your face. I hear your voice a lot. I know. It's nice to hear your voice. I, I usually am only engaging with you in terms of emails or reading your work. Mm. Before we get into the amazing online publication that has been and is still Mother Magazine, mm-hmm. I want to ask you, who lives in your house? I live with my spouse. His name is Brett. <laughs> Side note: I met him when I was seventeen. Then, nice. I yeah. There's lots. He was. He was lots, also. That's lots. He was of also. Stories. I feel like I should. We're age mates. Yes. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. I met him in Seattle when I was seventeen, and I was um making coffee, and he was like helping to make the new internet economy. We we're both seventeen. <laughs> you guys so, were like, "Hey, we're seventeen. You know what would be a great idea." Let's just spend the rest of our lives together. <laughs> no, there was some years in between when he was just sadly waiting. <laughs> he came back around. <laughs> and then uh, we have two children. Yes, okay. And one of them is 11, and her name is Lola. And then I have a littler one who is four, and his name is Baker. Everybody, I, I feel like Meg and I have literally grown up together as parents and as Content sort of creators. One by Mothers hitting around 11 years. Mm-hmm. And Mother Magazine is 10 years old. And I got to say, way back in 2015, we talked with Michelle T, who was mm-hmm. the founder of Mother. And that was probably about two years after we both, both entities had been out. But I want to start for anybody who is not familiar with Mother Magazine and listens to One Bad Mother, because at this point in time, I feel like, again, they're best friends. Tell 
our listeners about Mother. So it's an online publication. I think of it as kind of an online zine in terms yeah. of its aesthetic and also um, lack of budget and way of working. It's very like... <laughs> Very much yes. like me at a photocopier, except now it's a laptop I carry around and like put on my, you know, by the fireplace so I can stand up and keep it for my smaller child. <laughs> um, <laughs> Michelle founded it and um, actually spoke with me as she was getting it ramped up. We, you know, we actually launched our first issue in August, so I'm starting the party a little early with the 10 years, but it's because no, we started, it. um, started planning and gathering stories about now. And I asked right early on if I could join to help do the comics, since I yeah. have um, a background in both editing prose and poetry and graphic narrative. And right away, I just got like really deep, uh, also bringing in <laughs> essays and helping think about processes and how we set up the site. You know, we were both learning as we went. We had a really fabulous, she had a really fabulous friend who's a, a drag queen, actually, who did the design of the site, Miss mm-hmm. Hot Mess. And Oh. Anyways, so I got in with it with Michelle, and it was just such a joy to work with her because I had known her throughout my publishing career as someone I had like been a fangirl of, basically, and had tried at various points when I was a book editor to acquire work from her, and for various mm-hmm. reasons it didn't work out. And then so the opportunity to get to work kind of under her instead was really illuminating. She has such a positive way of um, nurturing creators and, nurt- and just magical thinking. Like, she was trying to get pregnant at the time she founded Mother, and that desire to create the space you want and need um, yeah. while you're building a family, even in the face of unknowns. And not she hadn't at that point gotten pregnant and was going through a big process that she talked about in her new book, actually. Yeah. It was so ma- amazing to me, really, in some ways, especially the juncture I was at in publishing where like it felt very like everything had to be a known quantity, you know, yeah. to take a risk. So it really brought me back to that 90s zine aesthetic where I had grown up and first read Michelle's work. And I had a two-year-old and I was looking <laughs> for something to like hook my my career into in a different way. I don't want to say career, I guess I mean my passion because, you know, when I step back from my full-time, um, this is not about the magazine, sorry, I'm getting into it myself. Um, That's okay. But, yeah. <laughs> if I, when I step back from my full-time acquisitions role as an editor, which I really kind of caught up in, you know, publishing in New York is a yeah. tough business, you know, and you really not, it's not it's spent. <laughs> yeah. And in some ways it is, but like you spend just long hours, yeah. it's a really immersive role. I, I had people say, if you don't, if you step back, you might disappear. Mm-hmm. You might disappear. And someone said that to me. Like, if you take the maternity leave and you take longer, yeah. you might disappear. And I just, I think the absolute opposite has happened. My, I've really yeah. become more present in the industry. And this was an opportunity to bring the kind of intellectualism that I consider mothering to be as a practice. Like, it's a very thoughtful practice and life choice to the fore. So I loved that. And then Michelle got pregnant as she was trying to. And like many people realized she wanted to take longer than maternity leave and handed the keys to me. So <laughs> I, broom, broom. I, <laughs> I stepped up when she got had her baby uh, to sort of just take like six months at the helm. And then ever since then, I've run the magazine. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we've had 10 years. And yeah, but I want to <laughs> stop. Actually, I want to stop for a second. And I want to talk about like just that narrative of being told and being immersed in a world in which the storyline, the narrative is if you have a baby mm-hmm. or if you have a baby and take maternity leave for more than the two weeks of disability <laughs> time that you're allowed to take off in certain situations, uh, you're going to disappear. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that is like such a profound word right there. You're going to disappear. And then Michelle creating this other narrative of, I want to have this magazine. I want to have a, a universe in which I can be both. And you stepping into it and thriving. I just think it's such a good example. Uh, yeah, okay. Nine to five, everybody. My all-time, one of my all-time favorite movies. If you have not seen Nine to Five, you need to go watch it. But at the very end, the Nine to Five ladies basically are running the company and they create like timeshare, like for workers, right? Where like people who have babies are working at one point in time and that they set up all of the support for the employees and the company is better than it's ever been, which is such a foreign concept to our culture. And I just want to shout out that when people say, how do you do it? It's not easy. And it's that. It's having the space and the work environment support you versus Mm -hmm. you supporting the work environment. And I just, I just, that's one of the things I love about Mother and one of the things I love about the work that you do and it's why it succeeded for 10 years i i just i firmly i firmly believe that well in terms of the idea of creating a space you yeah know, really what michelle was doing 10 years ago also what what really drew me into it and got me super excited about it was that it was about inclusivity like so mm-hmm. you know she wasn't finding her story about trying to make a baby visible so it made visible this entire alternative way of thinking about parenting that really leaned into both alternative family structure, including queer family in a big way, uh, definitely families of color, like trying to be very diverse in terms of our author lineups. And some of the, fir- the first year or two just had fantastic creators mm-hmm. who I think many of the folks who she kicked around with and Sister Spit um, were now having babies and she was able to kind of like these real punk rock parenting stories were coming to the fore. Also like single parents and then something yeah. that very quickly happened and became a big part of the site was around loss. So I think understanding yeah. that as we started telling parenting stories and trying to conceive tales essentially, that that was going to immediately also become about loss. And we like very in our original organization had a top line category for loss and it became one of our fullest categories. And that's been a real honor for the site to publish stories of loss. Um, Well, but that's what makes Mother so special. It's, you said, the, this idea of not the traditional Mm -hmm. parenting stories by which we all know that means uh, white women in married relationships, right, with educated or white men with medical degrees informing how to have and raise baby. I mean, it was really narrow. I mean, I, we had a really, everybody needs to understand that like almost all of our guests, <laughs> we mine Mother Magazine. You introduced us to so many One Bad Mother guests. Aya Daily on. It makes me so happy. I, yeah, and Aya is also a contributing editor. You know, uh-huh. and you had Nefertiti Austin Nefertiti on Nefertiti Austin, Janet week. Stickman, Lisa Lim, who's who's doing Lisa Lim, everybody. If I you love remember, Lisa. Chinese Ladybug is her Instagram handle, comic. Yeah. yeah, handle. And she recently was doing a 
Never Have I Ever. It's like the Never Have I Ever game, but for mother and mm-hmm. it, for being a mother. And it is, oh, my God, I kind of want to have a night where we all play that game together because <laughs> it is so subtly beautiful and magic. And the reason we keep going back to your writers and to your magazine is because I have such trust Mm, for your magazine. I think there's something really important about the independent model. I do think we've maintained an indie ethos that is unique. I mean, there's really, even in just general literature, like I also have this foot in the literary universe. There's so many motherhood stories now suddenly like it's really like a a whole group of novelists have also come of age as well as these (laughs) as well as memoirs memoirs who are ready to talk about motherhood in different terms it used to be like I would feel like there's a book or two we have to do an excerpt from or an interview with because it was the one One. unusual (laughs) radical book and I cannot keep up with the book coverage on mother even though I love doing it because it's a lot of editorial work to do book coverage. You know, you've got to find two people to talk to and assign it. And, you know, I think we have so but many just personal exciting? essays. Oh, it's very exciting. It's so exciting. Yeah, it's exciting. And I just feel like it's really amazing to look around yeah. and to be part of this like, ecosystem or period, like to realize like we're part of this period. And yeah, I feel like um, One Bad Mother like sent a DM to us like, oh, I see oh. you have a similar name or something. Yeah, <laughs> no, I think I, yeah, <laughs> I did. I was like, like, like oh my oh, God, I love your magazine. <laughs> yeah, it was so nice. Like it was like, hey, other new person on the block. And it's yeah. just so great because I started listening to you and I loved the podcast. I mean, I, it really is a, a, play, a podcast that people discover when they have new kids, when they have that you know, irreparable transformation yeah. of um, or like earthquake of having a child. I listened to so many podcasts early on, you know. Yeah, we all did. Yeah, it was you're up all night sometimes. Right, right. And you're, you're like, you need to listen to something. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, it is at its core, just trying to validate your experience, right? And what I enjoy about Mother is it's validating as many different experiences as possible. And I know that from reading, the site and reading all the different writers and then getting a chance to speak mm-hmm. to the different people, it has, they have all profoundly shaped how I walk through the world and allow me to constantly be learning, like, you know, not learning ABC, but like learning about just being aware of being a person. <laughs> at our core in the world. And that's like, to me, that's one of the best things from doing this show is like Mm -hmm. how I get to evolve and how much I, it forces me to think about things that I would at other times really enjoy not thinking about. (laughs) Right. You're like a real blood and guts magazine. Yeah. So I want to ask you how you got two kids in your house. Okay. You got two Mm -hmm. kids in your house and that's enough. Right? That is more than a God's plenty. And oh, my God. I wish I could have more kids. But ah, that is – and that's where our similarities end. But <laughs> the <laughs> – I waited a long time for the second one. So. I have to say I was uh, similar as well. But I have to uh, ask, how has being so immersed in all of these voices and all of this work – have you – 
has it impacted you not only as a as a self but as a parent? Yes. I would in, I would imagine. It's a dumb question, so, Meg. But. No, it's a good it's it's like what we could talk about the rest of the, of the let's, thing. Let's do it. I you know, it's also so interesting because I've been an editor mm-hmm. since I was like in my early twenties. I've edited people's work and I think there's a sense of mothering to me in the way I approach editing. Yeah. So when we think about like creating the site, you know, you tell people if you wanna see your your work out there, start writing it, right? And mm-hmm. one thing that was really beautiful to me about joining with the magazine was that I wanted to edit this kind of work. I do, I have written for the site and I do coverage for the site and Q&As, but I, I spend much more of my time editing it, right? And that was what I wanted. I wanted to make that job as, a, as an editor, which is a sort of midwifery role, right? But in terms of how it's impacted my own parenting, like in, ver- in varied ways, you know, including um, simply just being comfortable with parenting my way, Right. Yeah. I think that I, like everyone, fell into the allure of dogmatic parenting books. I really thought I could parent by the book. Um, like they say in Romeo and Juliet, you kiss by the book. Right. Yeah. Um, I thought there was a way to do it. And I was wrong. I mean, they're all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're not wrong. Yeah. They are. Yeah. It's like trying to cram your foot into a shoe that doesn't fit. Right. Like, it's but like, you know, like, I like getting good grades. Like, I wanted to, I know. <laughs> to make it work. And, and my kid immediately flummoxed me. Like, you know, she, I wrote actually the longest piece I've written for the magazine is called Latched about breastfeeding troubles and then a toddler ultimately. Yeah. But we had a really hard run with it with breastfeeding. And like, the idea that that expectation was so fully thwarted, it just taught me so early on, like, they're not going to do what you want them to do. And that sometimes really what changes things is time, despite all the interventions yeah. you throw at something. And something that was really helpful for me, even that, getting to that hot topic, was that, you know, I became really attached to nursing, having gone through the process of um, getting it to work, yeah. you know, and then having a lot of writers who really didn't enjoy nursing, didn't want to nurse, um, who were really pumped about formula feeding and talking, including like there's a great piece by Lisa Lim. Mm -hmm. I think she has a really funny picture of her um, son that says like not a breast man or something like that on his little onesie. (laughs) That was incredibly helpful to me because I think I was getting very irritating. (laughs) She was like coming up to people at the playground like... Would you like to join our local La Leche League? Like, I mean, it was getting annoying. And I didn't ah. understand it because I was so trans... I was, you know, I had had a religious experience, essentially, by finding it and it working for me. And P.S., my four-year-old, my second one is nursing still. Like, it, it was meaningful <laughs> to me in my life. But I understood much better, like, the other decisions people had made and what had meant to them. And, and that was, like, just an important social transformation for me on a very basic level of, like, navigating friendships and navigating... My, my neighborhood. The one thing I've not ever somehow managed to fix, and this is very funny, and we can talk about this a lot. Is, you know, my fix. second one fix, about my own parenting yes. is that there's no introduction to this, but I think about it all the time. Like, literally, all of literature is about how siblings are different, but it yeah. still shocks me every day. Like, I'm like, why is this yeah, one different? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, 100%. I, <laughs> and a bunch of our, our pieces are about that, too. Like, tons Doesn't of them. Matter. About, what I, you I'm said. Like, He's not you, doing the same thing. You said you were like this, like the theory of parenting and and, and the theory of like engagement. Mm-hmm. Theory of we mind. We get that. We yes, theory. We get that every day in the house because mm-hmm. 
because everybody has such a uniquely different you think oh mm-hmm. i that this kid's going to be like this or what's worse is when they've been doing something and you're like that's who that is and then they change again and you're like how dare you evolve and grow like <laughs> it's I know. like like i wish i could that <laughs> i'm sure it's true if you have them like rat a tat tat but i also think like as we both did as we both did like a good seven good year chuck. Gap. Yeah, enough to yeah. really think who you really know forget. how a child is. <laughs> really forget what between the two. My favorite was like, ours was like four years. And that was just enough time for me to be like, oh, my God, how am I supposed to hold this? Like, I don't even know, like, what am I supposed to do with it? The, and then why aren't you calming down with the same way that the first one called out? And yes. like, why, why are you completely a different person? person how dare you how dare you wouldn't do the swaddle which is like I don't know what percentage of the babies won't be swaddled but it's minor enough that like I remember but I remember sitting for a friend of we we had a babysitting co-op this is something I could love to talk about too when I was with my first one did a neighborhood babysitting co-op in Brooklyn and we would like swap for points watching each other's kids which is itself like incredibly helpful and thinking about my own parenting (laughs) and understanding like the brilliant swaddle technique didn't work with this other kid and I remember the mom telling me uh, her name is Hannah Shout out Hannah if you're listening. Um, no, Farrah doesn't take the swaddle. And I was just like, that is not correct. <laughs> yeah, that's that you just like, haven't done it right. <laughs> and I just remember Farrah being like, er, 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 like just not, <laughs> not taking the swaddle. I was like, what? This one's broken, you know? She's yeah. like, beautiful. But she, she, and then Baker was just like, F you, I'm not doing this. Like, what are you talking about? Why would I get wrapped in this prank? Like, yeah, why would you do this just, to me? He would not do it. And Lola had a pacifier until she was five and Baker oh, was yeah. just like Bleh, and just like spit it out he was like what yeah <laughs> Where you're putting this plastic in my mouth he's so annoyed <laughs> <laughs> and so it was just so disarming and we had really you know I had like really had been defined emotionally as wanting another child like I just yeah. it wasn't happening and we were trying and it was just so uh like it was like a sickness that I needed this other baby in my mind and I and then I had him, and I was like, oh, God, like, what am I going to do? Yeah. so different because I've had Lola for so long. Yeah. And he's such a sweetie, and he's so funny. And he is, as we say, euphemistically very active. Yeah. So I – Yes. <laughs> he's very – he's a real, like, little tornado around. And But, yeah, I, the, the magazine, despite all of the ways it has shown me how different children are, my own yeah. two children being different, like, continues to just – rock my world every it's morning. a comfort isn't it does isn't it kind of a relief when you with like not not the experience of trying to parent two completely different children that yeah. is not a relief but no, I, I the, love them both, the sensation <laughs> of oh oh all that stuff that they've been telling me mm-hmm. is actually bullshit <laughs> and it's yeah. it's so healthy and like freeing to like just accept that it's all a big, ma- I, like what goes on in people's houses, everybody, is like little miracles of insanity. Oh my gosh. Meg, thank you. I want to thank you, one, for coming on and speaking with us because I love you. Oh, uh, and you. This love is you a too, long, Alice. a long time coming. <laughs> but I really want to thank you for your commitment to Mother Magazine, and it has 
made me feel like a normal person in the world and completely not alone, which is, I think, so critical for all of us, uh, whether you have kids in your house or not, to be mm. honest. The voices that you elevate and that you share are just so important. I, 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 I don't have the right language to talk about the impact that they've had on me as a person and 100% on this podcast. I, we absolutely love every single person we have ever spoken to from Mother. And I just, I couldn't be happier to hear the 10-year celebration. Oh, thank you. You guys are... You're a tween now, kind oh of. You're kind of a tween. And I just, I'm so glad you're in the world. Thanks for all the comics love too, Biz. I know you like oh, comics. Oh, I love the comics. I'm a huge comic. Raiden is animating now. And oh, in cool. fact, in fact, right now it's our Max Fun drive, like the mm. two weeks that we ask people to support us because mm -hmm. we want to stay independent. But Raiden is going to be making animations of the oh my god that's fucking genius soundbite as wow. well as fail 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 you suck mm. and they're pretty fun so uh i will make sure i tag you so you can bask in uh the animation I the next generation i know all right thank you meg so much everybody we're gonna there's gonna be a big long list of links not only to all the people we mentioned on the show to their articles as well as to their interviews here with us if you are not reading mother you need to be reading it go right now go right now yeah please you can sign up on the site for our newsletter which is yep literally just whatever we published goes in your inbox <laughs> It's not very fancy. Please, yeah, please check it out, honestly. And yeah, also, just go. to say, we have an open submission, so we're open yes. to hearing from you if you would like to write for Mother Magazine. We are a little slow sometimes to get back to you, but we absolutely have published many people's first pieces. Oh, my God, I love it. All right. Thank you, Meg. Thank you, Biz. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, everybody. Wow. Oh my God. Oh my God. I saw what you did. Oh my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh my God, that's fucking genius. Uh, I will admit, I felt a lot of pressure going into today to really deliver on the fail for you guys because I know you count on me to talk about horrible things that I've done. But let's start with the genius. I have been doing a lot of lowering the bar further <laughs> than maybe we've ever imagined possible. 
So I am I'm practicing what some people would call low demand parenting. And that is basically, if you're not familiar, the idea of just all of the little demands that make up our day-to-day life, that they kind of really add up. And for a lot of us and for a lot of our kids, those demands can lead to a lot of depletion and just life feeling overwhelming and impossible. And so in my parenting life, lately, I've just been looking for ways to lower demands, not just for myself, but also for my children. So when something really doesn't, like, there might be something that I'm totally used to having, you know, pushing my kids to do in some way, but then I realize, like, they're really resisting this and this thing is really hard for them. Do we really need to do this thing? Like, is, is this really a thing that is worth everybody's energy to make happen? And a lot of times it's not, uh, surprisingly. So here's one way that I dropped a demand this week that I was really proud of. And this is my genius. My 11-year-old daughter, Gracie, really hates the dentist. The dentist is really, really rough for her. Oddly enough, my six-year-old enjoys the dentist. She thinks it's, like, fun and cool, which I'm still really confused and surprised by. But for Gracie, it's a real challenge. So, you know, in the past, it's involved, like, a lot of prep work leading up to it. And then usually some kind of like special reward to make it possible, you know, for her to go to that just like regular dental cleaning. And, you know, we were coming off a really, really hard stretch where, you know, Gracie was just really burnt out. Things were really hard. Things were really fragile. And in the past, I would have, you know, just tried to figure out full speed ahead to go to that regular, you know, twice a year dental cleaning, figure out what the reward would be. The reward would inevitably increase Gracie's anxiety because the idea of, you know, now I have to do this really hard thing or I won't get this reward that I want and then waiting for it, then really just having to go through with something that is actually just real sensory overload in order to get this thing. All of these pieces just lead up to so much increased anxiety. And that sucks for her, but it also sucks for me because I'm the person, primary person, you know, supporting her. Um, and then it also just sucks for the whole family because, like I said, we're around all the time. So when somebody's having a hard time, you know, everybody is experiencing that. So it dawned on me this week that I could just reschedule her teeth cleaning. Like, no, I'm not going to have, like, the dentist police come after me. I remember that during COVID, we didn't go to the dentist. Nobody cared about that. And, like, it seems like a big duh. But at the same time, like, I think as parents, we're just so used to there's certain things that you just do. You just have to do it. And it's not fun. It's never going to be fun. But you just have to do it. And what I realized was, like, you know, 
maybe in two months it, she still won't be up to it, but like we can reassess at that time. And right now I can just see it's like gonna be the thing to push her over the edge. So I just canceled the appointment and it was completely fine. I didn't even have to mention to her that there ever was an appointment so that she wouldn't have to start thinking about it and stressing about it. And it was like that appointment just never existed. And that was a beautiful feeling. Hello, One Bad Mother. I am calling in a genius. I am sitting at my dinner table. It's a double genius, or it's going to be a double genius. Um, Sounds cocky of me, but I'm pretty confident of this. Um, (laughs) I'm sitting at the dinner table with my Uh, (laughs) 16-month-old. She says, hello. Thank you. We just finished dinner, and during dinner, I was texting. Yes, here. Can Can you hold that for a minute? No, you can't. I'm leaving a message. Yeah. Here you go. The genius that, like, turns into a fail while you're on the phone. Okay, so I'm sitting at the dinner table with my 16-month-old. <laughs> we just finished eating. And during dinner, uh, I was texting some friends, which, of course, I said I would never do before I had kids. Because who texts? What monster texts at the dinner table with their child? Uh, me, apparently. Um, but I was texting them just about dinner time, generally checking in on them, seeing how they're doing, which is a genius in and of itself. And then I asked, I told them that we were thriving. Surthriving is surviving while also thriving, which I just feel like is the perfect embodiment of motherhood. And I just feel like a genius for coining that term. And also for checking in on my friends about dinner time because it's rough out there. Anyways, I love the show and I really appreciate the hotline. And yeah, um, I just, yeah, I, I love the hotline. Thanks so much. Bye. Okay. I love the hotline too. Yes. And just yes, because Wow, I really am struck by how meaningful this call is, especially for today. Um, Sir Thriving, (laughs) I, I love it so much. I think it embodies motherhood and it also embodies so much of like what we have kept coming back to on this show over the years that like things can be really hard and really sad and really frustrating and also totally amazing and wonderful all at the same time and that you can feel multiple feelings all at the same time. You can resent your family and desperately love and need your family. So Sir Thriving, yeah, I definitely feel like my current life is worse or thriving. That That's beautiful. You are a genius. Okay, time for the fail. Fail, 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 fail! You suck. Yeah, I don't even, guys, I don't even know how to catch you up on all my fails. There have been so many. I feel really torn about what to share with you But I'm going to go with something recent because I think that just feels that feels more natural than like going back and talking about something from last summer or whatever. So let's see, just 
two days ago, I really was hoping to give Frankie, my six-year-old, a bath. She didn't, like, desperately need a bath for, like, any sort of, like, hygiene reason. Um, She does get clean pretty regularly. But when she takes a bath, she she tends to kind of chill out. It's like a sensory activity for her. It was a rainy, cold day outside here, and we weren't getting quite enough outside time, and she was kind of bouncing off the walls. And so I really wanted her to take a bath. But with this particular kid, this is the kid where if you say okay, we're going to take a bath, then, like, no bath shall ever be had. Like, and, and not just that day, but, like, for, like, two weeks or, or maybe even two months. Like, you, you, you do not say, you do not announce you will be taking a bath. So you have to sort of, like, woo her to the bath. And the, be- <laughs> the best way I have found to do that is to just start filling the bathtub and, like, talking to her while I'm filling the bathtub and putting some bubbles in there and talking about toys and talking about which toys are going for a swim, at which point she will generally decide that looks really fun and she'll get in. That just didn't happen. So like, like she got busy, she got distracted and got busy with something in another part of the house. And so she kind of like missed seeing that the bath was getting filled up and did not really ever have a chance to get interested in the bath. And so the, by the time the bath was full, that there was no, it was it was like a hard no. Like that that was not going to happen. And so you would think this could be a genius because I could just take the bath. Remember we're in California and even even with all the rain we're getting like I am like a diehard trained California water conservationist and like there will be no like unused water in my home. So I <laughs> what ended up happening was I did use the bath, but the problem is like she doesn't like hot water. So like the water is kind of lukewarm. And it wasn't really, um, it wasn't really a good day for that. It was like a cold day and I hadn't showered. So it was really just like in place of me taking a nice hot shower, I just like used the water to like <laughs> basically take a, <laughs> take a quick, sad, kind of cold bath. And that's, that's my fail. Hi, Biz. This is a fail. Um, so a couple days ago, my son lost a tooth, and the tooth fairy forgot to come. Um, and that would be bad enough, but um, a couple days after that, my daughter lost a tooth, and again, the tooth fairy forgot to come. I don't know um, what the tooth fairy's deal is, but obviously she's really fucking shit up. So I don't know. Maybe I'll be better in the future. You're doing a great job. Thanks. Yeah, I I I hear you. I mean, I've I've done it so many times now to the point where like maybe this is another like layer of failure on top of yours, but like I kind of I'm not even like surprised or worried if I forget. Like I I'm just like, "Oh yeah, the tooth fairy didn't come." I think sometimes my kids forget, which helps. But I, I'm sorry that you forgot. 
I don't know. Uh, it's like if, if it's the first tooth, I think we're all a little more on top of it. But there's a lot of fucking teeth after that. Like, especially if you have more than one kid, they just keep coming. It's really hard. It's really hard. I mean, yeah, that's that's going to happen. So, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, you suck. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you, I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you, I love you. All right, everybody. It is now time to listen to a mom have a breakdown. Hi. Just calling with a quick rant. Um, my four-year-old and I just finished the Darth Vader helmet, like Lego kit, today after working on it every nap time for like, I don't know, two weeks, like 800 and something piece Lego helmet. And we proudly displayed it earlier this morning. Well, anyway, this afternoon, really, because it was during nap time that we finished it. So, you know, 1 o'clock or so. Uh, it is now um, 5.06 p.m. And my youngest just knocked over the shelf that it was on and just <sighs> the whole thing. And I was, I, once we finished it at that time, I was like, man, we really turned a corner, like, we can do stuff now. Like, this was fun, you know. Like, I'm a puzzle person, and this is so cool. And what a nice bonding experience that we had. And and we get to, like, decorate stuff, our house with, like, stuff that we made. And this is really cool. Uh, we should do more. My oldest and I were thinking about, like, more Lego kits we should buy. And, like, we were going to get flower ones that we could display on the, like, next to the real flowers and plants that we have. And we get the Lego plants. And I feel like this is... um just reality sucking me back down to say nope you won't be able to have nice things uh, for a while so okay we're now uh we just swept under the couch to try to get all of the tiny tiny pieces i don't know if we're gonna have the patience to rebuild it so we'll see anyway thanks for the hotline you guys are doing a good job Bye. okay i am so sorry that that happened. I'm so sorry. I mean, that first of all, I'm so, I'm so impressed that I, I know exactly that Lego set. That Lego set. I'm sure many people listening know that Lego set. I am impressed not only that you would try to do that with a kid, but that you did it. So I think I'm honestly so distracted by the like genuine win of this story which is all the things that you said like you had such a nice bonding experience and you were able to work on something like a puzzle which you enjoy and you completed something really impressive together with your child that was display worthy and 
I'm I'm so sorry that it got knocked over. I'm sorry for all of you. I'm sorry for the little one. I don't know if you said how old they are, but you know, I'm sure on some level, however old they are, they they probably feel some feelings about having <laughs> broken the Darth Vader, but then also for your other child and for you. That's just so rough. We've had a lot of Lego builds in our house get destroyed by different siblings during different meltdowns. And it is always like, to me, one of the saddest things. I mean, it's really, even if it's not Legos, it's anytime one sibling has something special that they've worked on and another sibling purposefully or unpurposefully damages that thing there is like such a loss there and and it hurts and you want them to be friends and you don't want them to feel bad you know and there's opportunities for repair not just of the lego set but of those relationships but it uh, that doesn't like change the fact that it was it, you were like so quickly had the rug pulled out from under you on this one so, eh, I mean, you're doing an amazing job choosing and completing activities with your child, and uh, you also are totally entitled to feel super bummed about this one. All right, everyone, what did we learn today? We learned that Meg Lemke rules punk rock moms rule mother magazine unmatched i think such a quality publication uh, that i'm proud to have collaborated with in the past and i we also learned that you know (sighs) shit is hard just like it was on day one, and it's a cliche that parenting doesn't get easier, it just gets different, but we're living that out as we speak. I am here today because of Biz and because of all of you. This community just means so much to me. Um, And I'm so grateful and happy that Biz has been able to keep the show going for more than 11 years. You know, my first reaction when Gabe texted me and was like, you know, hey, what's up? Can you can you come in? Um, Was the reaction internally that I have pretty much any time anyone asks me to do anything, which is, I I can't, I I can't do that. Like, you know, I stepped away from this show purely because I wasn't able to regularly show up for the show, to fully show up for the show, because what is going on in my home life is, is my max. Like, that's, that's what my capacity is. And you know, I truly, I truly do not do other stuff right now besides really focusing on my family, including myself, because that is enough for right now. And, 
you know, the exception is when really important people and friends in my life are dealing with anything and there's something that I'm able to do to pitch in, lighten the load, be supportive, then that's something that all of us would move mountains to do. So I'm really happy to be here today. I'm just thinking about, like I was listening to the last most couple most recent episodes before this one with guest Tessa Watkins. Those episodes were very near and dear to my own life. Um, Pretty much figured out that everyone in our family is neurodivergent. Some of us are autistic. Some have ADHD. We all have anxiety. Um, (laughs) And it's just amazing to me that, you know, I can tune back in and out of this podcast and continue to find so much relevance to my own life, you know, 11 years later. And not just the topics being relevant, but the just the entire vibe. It's unmatched elsewhere, guys. I know you know that. I'm preaching to the choir. But this is sort of a love letter to Biz because she's not here. So I get to shower her with mushy-gushy stuff, and she can't make faces at me on Zoom. So yeah, I guess this is my way of just saying, like, I'm so happy this show is here, and I know you guys are too, and I really hope that we can all pitch in on the second week of the Max Fun Drive and really shower biz with support and really do everything we can to keep this show going. So if you're already a member Thank you so much. If you're able to boost your membership or upgrade your membership right now during the drive, do it. If you're not yet a member, go to MaximumFun.org join. Click on a level that's right for you. You won't feel bad. You will feel amazing. And then every time you listen to the show, you will know that you are part of making this show possible. So everyone, let's get together and support One Bad Mother and support Biz. Let's really make it happen. You guys are awesome. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being on the message boards, on Facebook, many of which I am still a member of and I still peek into from time to time. This is a special place. Thanks for helping to make it what it is. And I hope to be back again soon. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Gabe Mara, my husband, Stephen Lawrence, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things. And of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. 
To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, got thrown down mama through. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bustin' by, got thrown down mama through. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.